Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We give you thanks this morning that you have provided a place to capture our hearts. That in our craziness, you have even commanded that we should keep the Lord's day. That we should seek the things from above. Set our affections on the things that were here way before we got here and that will continue to exist way after we leave. We pray that we can have the wisdom to seek first the kingdom of God. That we could seek to be right, that righteousness that comes from being right with you so that all those things that you've laid up for us shall be added, that we might rejoice, that we might enjoy, that we might obtain the fullness of the purpose of our existence here upon the earth, Lord. We give you thanks for our families. We give you thanks for our children and the legacy of peace. We ask that your word would be a light unto our path now, that your words would be a good seed planted in our hearts that we would meditate upon your words day and night so that everything we do shall prosper. Give us a heavenly mindset so that we can live at peace here upon the earth, O oh God. We ask that your word would prosper in our hearts and that it would bring forth a fruit of a harvest that would glorify your name, Lord, that we would rejoice in what you have done. You have said that men shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we ask that our hearts would be in its proper right setting to receive and welcome your word so that we might be able to live in your prosperity. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. When I first became a Christian, my life was going nowhere very fast and I couldn't even fathom to be, the word success was a mystery to me. I don't know if you've meditated or pursued that word in your life, success. For you to succeed, for you to be successful, for things to come out right, for you to end up in the right place at the right time. We have a diagram up today as this word we're gonna share, it's called the world-changing prosperity. You'll see that all its beginnings begins with humility. We need to come to God before we start that journey of success. We don't realize, and, and the majority of human beings do not realize that we were created to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. That was the commandment God gave us. As soon as the first man was created, he says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to take dominion for you to be on top. That was the order of God's creation. But soon our humility requires for us to change our thoughts. That's real humility when you lay down what you're thinking and you take up different ideas and you begin to prepare to walk that road of new ideas. You begin to manage and put things in order that launches you into a lifetime because prosperity is not a moment. Can you say that with me? Prosperity is not a moment. A lot of people says, if I win the lotto, I'm pro No, you're not. If you win the lotto, that's the beginning of sorrows for you because you don't have the mindset of prosperity. Prosperity is a journey, it's not a moment. 
I used to think if I could be a lawyer, I'll be successful. If I could have a law practice, it's more than just being a lawyer. I need to now practice a law career. I would be prosperous. I need to continue to mature in my prosperity. And it's not a moment. It's a lifetime of a journey. And those that are seeking the moment so they can say, I got it, that's not prosperity. Prosperity is a lifetime of productivity. It keeps on going. And it says once you reach the level of productivity, then you're a blessed person. Because it's the long journey, continual, persevering in this. But you know what happens to a lot of people in their blessing and in their prosperity? They puff up in pride. They start thinking that they deserve it. They start thinking, look what I've done. And that leads to their disobedience. That leads to conflict. Because now you're walking contrary to God's design that will eventually lead to your destruction. God keep us in our ability to be prosperous. I want to tell you what God's mindset is for all of us because we're in a fallen mindset thinking that some of us have to be losers. Some of us are going to fail. Some of us will never reach prosperity and that's a lie that comes right from the pit of hell. For in God's creation and his design, all of us were to be prosperous and, and reach the height of our purpose. Look what it says in Psalm 35, 27. It says, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Did you ever think? Did you ever think for a moment that God desires your prosperity for everything in your life to come out right? That he takes pleasure when you slam dunk and you hit what you're supposed to hit. You come into what he's planned. You're fulfilling his design for your life. I want you to always know that it is the heart of God that you would be successful. And it's never the heart of God to take from you, but to give you all that is necessary to come into the fullness of what he's called you. That's why it says in Psalm 118, and I believe it's verse 15, Psalm 118, 15 says, there is shouts of victory. In the home of those people who walk with God, there is no, oh my God, look what's taking place. There's not the defeat mentality that I grew up with my whole life until I met Jesus. Once you meet the Lord, it doesn't matter the obstacle. It doesn't matter what confronts you. It doesn't matter the size of the enemy. And the people who know God know they're coming down. It's just a matter of time, but victory is ours. So it says there, the voice of rejoicing. Is that the voice at your home? Or is it the voice of lament? Is it the, uh, the voice of defeat? It's the voice of rejoicing and the victory that's in the tent of the righteous. Because the right hand of the Lord has done this in a manner that's glorious. And, and I, I'm excited whenever I'm confronting, whenever I'm confronting opposition, I don't say, I wonder if I'm going to win. I say, when will victory come? There's no, there's no, and I've seen some horrendous giants, some, some tumor-filled giants that come against us. And I want to tell you, victory is ours in Christ. So much so that 3 John chapter, um, 3 John Verse 2, the gospel of 3 John, verse 2, 
If you're just starting out reading your Bibles, there's the Gospel of John, but farther down, he wrote three other letters that are called 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. In 3 John verse 2, it says like this. His desire is that you might prosper in some things. Does, is there a significance between some and all? What is the significance? I want you to underline that three-letter word, all. Because he desires that we prosper in all things. That God does not take pleasure in our defeat and in our loss and our losing our way. But that in all things we might prosper and be in good health just as our soul prospers. We don't have a prosperous soul. The soul is the area of our thoughts. The soul is the area of our, say with me, attitude. If you have a horrible attitude, you will never prosper. It has nothing to do with money. Some people say, I'm not making money. It's because you have stinking thinking. Your brain is messed up, my friend. You won't have a good thought even if God wanted to give it to you. So you have to switch the matter of your soul because as your soul prospers, so things in your life will prosper. And, and being a lazy person is a sick mindset for the soul. So as you fix your laziness, then you'll see your prosperity begins to change. As you fix your stinking thinking, you'll see that God begins to replace with prosperous thoughts. And he says, I, I pray that you would prosper in all things as your soul prospers and that you would be in good health. And the word that is used there, that you would prosper in all things, it's a Greek word, and you can pronounce it with me, eudao, eudao, it's a weird word. It's Greek. You dao, that you might you dao in all things. What does you dao mean? The you means um, well done. That means you're, you're going to do it right. You're going to do it well. You're going to do it properly. And dao means in the journey. Prosperity is not a moment. It's a lifetime of a journey that you will end up saying, I did it well. I lived well, I managed well, I worked well, I fought well. My children, I could give them, say with me, you dao. That at the end of your relationship with your son, your son will see you're prosperous. You've, you've, you've walked the journey well. And to not walk the journey well is the opposite of what man has fallen into in losing their way. It's supposed to be that our journey, our lifelong journey, will be a well walk. You'll see in Genesis chapter uh, 39 verse 2. You'll see that those who walk in their journey with the Lord, they will have this type of a testimony. This is what I want people to see in my life. They says that as people saw the life of Joseph, they said the Lord was with Joseph. I want to tell you, please understand this. Do not expect to prosper if you're not with God. That's, that's the beginning of sorrows if you think that you could ever get anywhere without God's help. 
You need to go on this journey with God so things come out well. And it says, the Lord was with Joseph, and therefore he was a successful man. See the relationship? God, success. God's relationship, prosperity. If you don't have God, do not expect to prosper. It's a sick mindset for those who think it will go well with them when they're contradicting God. It's a sick, you're a sick puppy. If you think it will go well with you when you are fighting God. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 3. So what happened in the house of his master, his employer, the business that he was involved in, it says his master was able to see that the Lord was with him. Let me ask you a question. Do people see that God is with you as you live life? Do they see God as your partner in the affairs that you conduct business in? No, we're quick to run to ungodly people. We want to make our partners people that are thumbing their noses at God. Can God prosper that? No. It's just a matter of time. For the Bible says if you see the wicked prosper, know that it's just for a season. But soon, even though their heads touch the clouds, they'll be flushed down the toilet like crapola. It says it in the Bible. I didn't make that up. It's there. I'll show it to you in a little while. Even though you touch and you say, look, and then get ready for that high dive into the toilet bowl. God says that Pharaoh was able to see that he walked with the Lord and listen to the heart of a world-changing prosperity. The Lord prospered Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 3. When the master saw that the Lord was with him, it was the Lord that made all that he did to prosper in his hand. It is God who gives increase. It is God who multiplies. It's God who takes you to another level. Although some think that they, it's upon themselves to shine. It's upon themselves to attain. It's upon themselves to reach for glory. No! What can a man do to increase a stature to his size? Nothing. Romans 1 verse 9, Paul used to say like this, For God is my witness. I serve him with a priestly service in the gospel of his son Jesus Christ. How I prayed for you always in my prayers. What was he praying for? What was he asking God to do? Verse 10. He was asking God, that I keep pleading that somehow by God's will I may now at last prosper. I might come to you. I might find a way. This, this prosperity, the same word that says I might find a way is I might find you, O Tao. That I might find prosperity in my travels. That God might open the doors towards me. I want to tell you that sometimes you come to church and you're trying to look for Jesus. You've, you find him in different places in the wrong way. John chapter 6 verse 22. This is how some of us think we're going to prosper. Ready for this? Some of us have this mindset as we come to church. It says, on the following day, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea in the wrong place, 
that there was no boats there. They couldn't find a way out. And it says, except that one which his disciples had entered and Jesus had not entered, the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Verse 23. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord gave thanks. They said, man, we got to go find this guy, Jesus. And when the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, and the disciples had left, they also got in their boats and came to Capernaum, where they were seeking Jesus. Can you say with me, seeking Jesus? Jesus. A lot of people are seeking the Lord when it has to do with prosperity. But look what Jesus says. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, hey, rabbi, which means teacher. Hey, teacher, when did you come here? Why weren't we able to follow you? Look what Jesus tells them, verse 26. Jesus answered him, I guarantee you, I, I can tell by the smell. I can assure you that you're not, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you are filled with bread. You're not coming after me because you love me. You're not serving me because you want to know me. You're here so that I can give you some bread. You're here for a different motive. And then look what he says in verse 27. And this is very important because this is contrary to our mindset. And Jesus is going to put his finger on the reason we don't prosper. And he says, do not labor for food which perishes. A lot of people are working hard for that which is no good. It's, it's probably the only place in the Bible where people might get confused about Jesus telling us to be lazy and not to work, but he's not doing that. He's saying the same energies, the same, the same way you wake up early in the morning to go out to your business, don't do it like that. But rather, work hard for that food which allows you to persevere in prosperity unto eternal life. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm, I'm confused. I'm, you're putting 80 hours of work into your job. How many hours do you put into your relationship with Christ? Your prosperity is not going to come because you serve this world. Your prosperity comes because you honor the God of heaven. And if you're not honoring the God of heaven, soon... I've seen this so many times. Soon the heavens close. Soon you'll find yourself, even if you work the 80 hours, the well dries up. Soon your strength and your vigor for the things of this world deplete and you find yourself begging on the side of the road. But David says, but I've seen the righteous and they've never been forsaken and I've never seen their children begging for bread. I've seen the righteous. They have never been forsaken. So Jesus is saying, do not work hard for these things and find that you've depleted the true prosperity, which is your relationship with me, which is you're serving me because the heavens are open towards you to the degree that you are in right relationship. And what an amazing thing when Jesus says, do not work for that which perishes. I want to tell you that if you're into greed, that is a perishing mindset, which is the opposite to generosity. The more you're generous, the more you will increase. The more you're greedy, the more you lose. 
And so as I talk to couples all the time, they say, Pastor, what's wrong with me? Why don't we prosper? I go, because you have stinking thinking. You think you're going to prosper because of what you do. And God wants to teach you you're going to prosper because he's a faithful God. In Psalm chapter 1, this is the first verse that I ever even inquired into these matters. I didn't understand them when I first became a Christian. But it says in Psalm 1 verse 3, it says a person who is close to God will be like a tree planted next to the waters. He will be faithful to have fruit, say with me, in his season. In the time to come. When it's the right time, God will bring you into great prosperity. His leaf will not wither. There will be no strain. Listen, when a leaf is withering, a plant is straining. It's suffering, lack of nutrients. So it's like, ah, somebody help. And it starts turning brown and it shrivels up and dies. He says the man who's next to God will be like a tree whose leaf will never wither. Whatever he shall do prospers. It comes out right. God does something that is powerful for us. So you'll see this. Okay, God, I want to start being a prosperous person. What do I have to do? Verse 2. Delight in the law of the Lord. Say with me, day and night. Why do I have to delight in the law of the Lord? Well, because the law of the Lord is going to tell you something like Proverbs 6, verse 33. That a man who commits adultery will lose everything he has. But I want to prosper. But you're committing adultery, my friend. You have stinking thinking. You've been struck with, with a virus that will lead you to destruction. What does it say about a man who, who leaves with another woman? It says he will be wounded in his dishonor and it will not be wiped away. You'll be corrupt. Your mindset will be the wrong mindset. So as we meditate on God's laws day and night, our stinking thinking turns around. And we begin to think the thoughts of God, of righteousness, and say with me, prosperity. prosperity. What's prosperity? Peace. It was, it was just last year, the year before, that one of the greatest football players in the NFL league, uh, Mr. McNair, playing for the Tennessee Titans. God had blessed him. God has prospered him. God made him a multimillionaire. Four sons. Beautiful sons. A beautiful wife. One of the largest contracts in NFL history, he decided, I'll go get a girlfriend. I'll, I'll, I'll buy her an Escalade. I'll get her, her an apartment. I'll have a relationship my wife won't know about. Guess what happened, my friends? Guess what happened on July 4th, two, three years ago? He was sitting there in his boasting pride, in his success, was thinking, thinking, and that girl went and shot him five times in the middle of the chest. He never thought it would go that way. He was a prosperous young man. He was a man who had the favor of God, but he had stinking thinking, and he thought he was going to prosper. No, our prosperity comes from honoring the word of God day and night. Meditating on that, Lord, how do you want me to live life? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to do? Where do you, do you know that God wants you to run sometimes? Flee! Youthful lust, get the hell out of there. You're going down, my friend. Flee! If you listen to God, you'll be saved. What, what does flee mean? 
I don't understand. What does that mean in the Greek? You're a fool. That's what you are. But if you meditate on God's word, you will prosper. The devil won't get you. You're not going down. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Some of you woke up with that scream. I'm going to scream more often. Deuteronomy 9. Verse 29. Let's go to 29.9. 29.9. Therefore, if you keep the words of my book, not to listen to them, because some of you are like the devil. You know all the word, but do nothing of it. The devil knows all the word. That makes you a perfect devil. It's when you do the word of God that things change. He says, when you keep, you guard my covenant, and you do these things that I teach you in my word, that you may prosper in some things. In all that you do, it will come out right. You know something? We, we, we're, we're, we're devastated in our inability to, to be able to follow God and follow his word. But I guarantee those of you that have a heart for God that if you listen to the word, and that's why we come to church. We don't come here to waste time because we have free days. We come here because we want to get this word that helps us be successful in everything we do. If you covet, watch over and keep these words of my covenant so that you may prosper in all that you do. And prosperity is not money, my friends. I'm not talking on how to get money. Because if your interest is in how to get money, you will be a miserable fool. This prosperity is not about money. How many people know people with a lot of money that aren't prosperous? They're, they, they're on their fifth marriage. They, their kids are on drugs. They're on, going to psychiatrists. They're, that's not prosperity. Prosperity is being able to enjoy the goodness of God. That God gives you your heart's desire and you're able to walk in enjoyment. Not in some of these nightmares of people that have all this money and they can't settle their issues with money. Prosperity is, is attaining to what God has. John, Joshua 1.8. He says, Joshua, you're about to become a leader. Make sure that you do everything I command you. Joshua 1.8. The book of my law shall not depart from your mouth. Make it your words. Meditate on them day and night so you're making sure you're keeping and observing what I say for you to observe and to keep according to all that is written. For then, say then, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have great success. Then things are going to turn out right. Then you will inherit what I have for you. Deuteronomy 15.10. A lot of people want to attain prosperity and success to keep it for themselves. When you want to keep the prosperity of God to yourselves, that's stinking thinking. God didn't want to make you prosperous so you could puff up like a peacock and say, look how well I'm doing. Look, you're doing well so that you might shower your wife with the wellness of your doing. And if you're just thinking, I want to prosper because I'm going to leave my wife, you are not going to get diddly squat. God will take everything you have away. He's purposed to do that. In Deuteronomy 15.10, it says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to the Lord, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you. 
in all your works and in all which you put your hand to do. Lord, can you bless me so that I can be a blessing? Lord, could you increase so that with my increase, I can be a blessing to those that are around me? you got to get away from stinking thinking, which is you're hiding your money from your own wife. You're hiding your prosperity, your bonus. You're going with your friends to waste money that belongs to your family. You're a thief. You're a thief, and God doesn't prosper a thief. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he says, Bring all the provision that belongs to God to the house of God. Make sure that you're bringing your tithe to the house of the Lord. See to it that I will not open the heavens and bless you at an incredible rate of blessing. We've never read that. We don't like that verse. What do you mean bring to the Lord? Yes, my friend, if God blesses you, why don't you bless God? If God prospers you, why don't you have the house of God as a place where your affections are set? Why? Job 9 verse 4, has there ever been anyone who's prospered, who's hardened their heart against the Lord? That was the question Job asked. God is wise in his heart and mighty in his strength. Who has hardened himself against the Lord who has prospered? Do you know that person? Do you know a person that has closed his heart to God who God says, hey, I'm going to give him some more. Look, it's going well. Look, he's being stingy. He's being arrogant. He's being proud. Let me bless him some more. No. No one who hardens himself against God has ever prospered in any time. And you might say, well, I know somebody. Well, let's go to Psalm 73, verse 3, and you'll see that here is the portrait of your friend that you know that's hardened himself against God. Psalm 73, verse 3, where David says, there was a man who didn't serve God. And when I saw him prosper, I got upset. He was a drug dealer. He was a liar. He was a thief. He didn't have one lover. He had five. And he kept on prospering. Verse 4. I was envious of him. Because when I saw him, I didn't see any of the effects of what I heard the pastor say. Their strength is firm. They're not going anywhere. They're there. I see them. They're not going to church. They don't know what the Bible says, and things are going well with them. Verse 5, they are not in trouble as other men's, nor are they plagued like other men's. They don't have problems like other men. Verse 6, therefore their pride serves as their necklace. They go around boasting in, I don't serve God, and look what's going on. Verse 7, therefore their eyes bulge with abundance. They have so much, they want more. They have more than their heart could ever wish. Verse 8, they make fun and speak, speak wickedly of God. They speak full of pride. Verse 9, they set their mouth against the heaven. Ah, God can't stop me now. I don't have to serve him. And their tongues walk throughout the earth. Verse 10, therefore his people return here and waters of a full cup are drained by them. Verse 11, they say, God will never find out that I'm doing wrong. And is there knowledge in the Most High? Is it any good to do what God says? This is how these people think. Keep on going. Verse 12. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in this world. They increase in riches. Verse 13. Surely, he says, I'm seeking the Lord in vain. I've washed my hands and I've gotten right as a waste of time. Verse 14. 
for all day long. I just go through problems every morning. It seems like I'm having to fix something else in my life. Verse 15. If I had said this, if I, if I would have declared this in the hearing of my children, I would have been, I would have deceived them. Behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. If I go around saying that those that don't have God are the ones that are prospering, I would have been found a liar. Why? Verse 16. When I thought how to understand how they prospered and how I didn't, it was too painful for me. Verse 17. Until I went to the house of God, then I understood what is their end. You remember success is the end of the road? It's the end of the journey that you are well done. The story's not over with these people. You still haven't seen their long, disastrous life come to a culmination. It's until we come to the house of God, we understand. What do we understand? Verse 18, that true prosperity is the end, not the beginning. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And it says, these men, surely God has set them in a slippery place. And soon they will be cast down to destruction. Verse 19. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in an instant. They are utterly consumed with all sorts of terrors, with all sorts of problems. Verse 20. As a dream that's rude when one awakes, like a nightmare their life becomes in one moment. So the Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Verse 21. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. And verse 22, so foolish was I and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. My reasoning didn't make sense. I was being envious of those who had lovers, envious of the greedy, envious for those that have materialism as their idol. And their end is a nightmare and God tells us that. But to you and I, there's a, a, a totally different mindset. He tells his people in Genesis, um, let's go to Joshua 1.7, that the way we're supposed to do things is being strong and courageous, making sure we're not, we're not distracted from our goal because there's going to be a lot of distraction, a lot of invitations, a lot of opportunities I had to say, God, can you wait on me? I'll be right back. And I would have chased empty dreams. I would have chased it, just the illusions of my heart. But he tells Joshua, be strong. Take courage to make sure you're living like my word says. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Why, God? Why do you want me to be persistent? Why do you want me to stay the course so that you might be prosperous wherever you may go? So that it might come out right at the end of the story. I want to tell you this morning that if you're walking contrary to God, in Proverbs 28, 13, it says, he who covers up his sin shall not prosper. If in some area of your life I can't see it, your brother in Christ can't see it, your wife can't see it. If somebody can't see that you're doing things contrary to God's word, contrary to the heart of God, the Bible says he who covers his sin will not prosper. It could only be one person in Israel that hid a secret and, and it caused the lack of prosperity of all of Israel. When just one person in a household is doing something contrary to the law of God, it says you will not prosper. I don't care if you fake it. As you fake it, you're going to go down, you're going to go down, you're going to go down. 
There will not be prosperity. But whoever brings it to the light, whoever, confess means to, to reveal, to uncover. You say, God, you know something? I've been messing up right here. And God's willing to heal you. He's willing to touch you and erase that which is going to destroy your prosperity. Whoever co- uh, covers his sin won't prosper. Whoever uncovers will prosper. You have to uncover and say with me, forsake. Not only say, God, I was doing this wrong, but then you stop doing it wrong. Because some of us are quick to say, God, I'm sorry, I was doing this wrong, but I'm going to keep on doing it. You don't get brownie points for confessing. You get brownie points for confessing and forsaking your sin making a U-turn, getting out of there. If you want to prosper, you have to understand that you have to follow the plans God has for you. In Proverbs 15, it says like this, because of wrong advice, Proverbs 15, without good advice, your plans go in the wrong direction. But by the multitude of wise counselors, these plans come to pass. They're established. God will prosper you. Proverbs eleven fourteen. it says, the lack of guidance makes a nation fall. But when there's many advisors, victory is sure. When there's no advice, the people don't prosper. And you know people that do things in secret all the time? I'm going to do this. Nobody knows about it. You're going to see how it's going to come out. Guess what, my friend? I know how it's going to come out. You're going to lose. Take to your parents. Take to your pastors. Take to your leaders. Take to your Christian friends. Say, look, this is what I'm planning. This is what's happening in my life. Get some advice from godly people. Psalm 1-1 says, blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. But us Christian people, we're filled with complexes. We have to go get approval from worldly people. We got to go get our thumbs up from people who don't love God, who don't love us, who don't love the ways of God. And we're running according to their advice. We're setting their priorities. I can't believe you let your wife treat you like that. Are you kidding me? You tell them, if I do not honor my wife, God won't listen to my prayers. Get the, the stinking thinking out and begin to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't call your worldly friends to ask you for what you should do with your husband. Go to a man of God. Go to a woman of God. Get your counsel so that you could prosper and succeed. Proverbs 10.22, and I want to finish with this. It's when God sees your life and it's pleasing to him that he begins to prosper you. Things start turning out right when you start walking like God wants you to walk. When you're thinking like God thinks, your future is secure. When you start making decisions like the decisions God would make, the Bible says it's the blessing of the Lord that makes one prosperous and he adds no sorrow with it. He adds no sorrow with those that want to honor God. But I really think that this morning we can come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to prosper like you want me to prosper. I want to make those right decisions. I want to tell you that if you stop for an instant to pray when you have to make a decision in your crossroads of life. In the last 10, 15 years, many people took their life savings and they ran to the world to walk in the advice of a a bubble market where everybody was getting rich. Everybody had three, four, five houses. You know what the Bible says about that? Can you read with me the book of Isaiah? 
Can you read with me the book of Isaiah? I think it's chapter 5. What does God say about he who is accumulating wealth by increasing the amounts of houses that he has? I want to tell you what God says. He says, woe to the man. Isaiah 5 verse 8. Judgment upon the man who increases one house after another. The man who has a home, and then he says, I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get another one. I got five houses. I'm going 10. I'm going I'm to buy. Listen to me. You're walking contrary to God's design. Woe to the man who, who joins house with house, and they buy one field after another till there is no place where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. The truth of God is this, that when our heart in verse 9, it says, In my ear said the Lord of hosts, Of the truth of many houses shall be desolate. Even the great and fair house they shall not have, not even one inhabitant. How we've lost our marriages, how we've lost our relationship with God, how we lost our ministries, how we've lost all the treasures that God has for us because we've been more pursuing the wealth of this world and we've lost our sons. They're not serving God. They don't know God. They're not walking in prosperity. They don't know what prosperity is. They don't know what the blessing of God is. They're not pursuing that. I want our sons to walk under the shadow of the Almighty. I want our sons to have the wisdom of God, that prosperity is a relationship with God so that we could finish our journey and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. When they offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world, he says, no way. No way. I'm not interested in what you call prosperity. I'm not interested in what this world calls prosperity. I want to invite you to stand this morning and for us to reevaluate our priorities and reevaluate where we're spending our time, our treasure, our talents, where our focus is, that we would lift up our eyes to the heavens, that we would lift up our prosperity and our thoughts to not be fearful. A lot of people are walking in fear. A lot of things that they're hoarding is because of fear. They're thinking, Who's going to take care of me when I'm old? If you don't know the answer to that question, my friend, it's a good day to get saved this morning. If you don't know who's going to take care of you, if you don't know, one of my favorite verses, I've shared it off of this pulpit a thousand times, is Psalm 44. He says, they're not going to survive. They're not going to be able to get to where they're going by their own sword or with their own wisdom. God is not going to allow any man to get ahead by what they do on their own. Psalm 44, verse 3. For the land that we're going to have, they did not get by their own sword, nor did their own arms save them. But it was the right hand of God. It was because they walked in the favor of his countenance. They walked right before the Lord. That's why they received what God had for them. God doesn't want us to be miserable and poor, but he wants what you have to come from his hand and your increase come from the blessing of God in your life, not because of what you're able to do. And I, I guarantee you, when you stop thinking that you're the one that's gonna save the day, God will raise you up if you humble yourself before God and he'll lift you up so that the whole world might see the object of his grace. What he's able to touch prospers. What he's able to bless prospers. Otherwise, we will continue being enslaved by our horrendous thoughts. 
our horrendous thoughts to think that our own strength will deliver us. Let's bow our heads this morning and as we sing this song, I want you to trade your heart. I want you to say, Lord, I want to be a trader. I want to trade what I think, what I do for what you think and what you do. I want to, that which I call prosperity, I've lost my marriage, I've lost my blessing, I've lost my relationship with you, I've lost my ministry, I'm being depleted. Even though I have an appearance that I'm alive, I'm really dead and dried up. The other day, a young man called me and says, Pastor, can you pray for me? Because I'm having all these thoughts that are not good. And you know what I told him? I said, you know, you were never supposed to think contrary. Man was not created to have even one thought contrary to the thought of God. So whenever thoughts come to you that are not God's thoughts, just say, I'm not supposed to be thinking this. This is not even supposed to Fear? That's not a thought that God gives. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Doubt? No, he hasn't given us any doubt. Lord, I'm a fallen man in my sinful nature. I inherited from my parents. I don't want to walk as a fallen man. I want to have hope. I want to have faith. I want to walk in love. I want to, I want to prosper. I want to be a blessing to my wife. I'll say that to the moment I die. If you're a real man, take care of your wife. Make her the happiest woman in the whole world. That's the responsibility you received and accepted at the altar. You are Christ to your wife. And Christ doesn't, is not selfish. And Christ is not seeking his own. And Christ is not hurting. And Christ is not rejecting. That's not prosperity there. As we sing this song, I want to invite you to take a step towards world-changing prosperity.